You should be in your text already this morning, 2 Corinthians. That's uh, our theme for the year. The title of the message this morning is so bountifully. It comes from verse number 6 in our text, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. He says, But this I say then, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. This uh, verse opens up with a uh, t- title, a series of messages that I was going to, I guess I don't have to preach this one now, uh, but I, you know, I, I have series that I'm working on, I'm adding to, as, you know, who knows when I'll get it done, I don't necessarily preach a series all at once, so some months ago I, I started a series entitled, But This I Say. And a lot of times we have things that we view or somebody in the world has something they say and they want to say this, but this I say, the Lord says several things. And I think the first one that I dealt with was uh, anger, controlling your anger. And, uh, but this I say, you know, be angry and sin not. And uh, I think we dealt with that. But here we see uh, Christ giving us some truths. He says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, but he which soweth Uh, bountifully shall reap also bountifully. This is the first Sunday of 2024, and we're glad that you're in God's house, and we're establishing the theme for the year this morning. We are uh, hopefully laying the groundwork. You're going to want to be here tonight. I'm going to preach this evening on do more in 2024. So uh, that's going to be the idea of sowing bountifully, and we want to uh, look at that tonight look at our overall theme, kind of look at what we're doing as a church and have some vision for that. And uh, you want to come and be a part of that service. I know that you will enjoy it. Uh, But as you grow as a Christian, as you get in the Word of God, you're going to begin to see that the Word of God describes the Christian, likens the Christian into several different professions. For example, we know that we are likened unto a soldier. Now, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So we are likened unto a soldier. I also believe that the Word of God uh, likens us unto a farmer. Now the word farmer does not appear in the Word of God, Uh, but often you will see, uh, especially in the parables and stuff like that, where Jesus is talking to the Christian, talking to the saint, and he's saying "A, a man was out in his field, and we know that we're called to work for the night is coming. We know that there's a harvest day and that the harvest is nigh, that uh, we've got to pray the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. So there's a harvest time coming. I'm going to give this seed to uh, Timothy, uh, my son. He's going to sow this seed. You've got to take the seed and sow, go ahead and, and sow it here uh, liberally, amen, sow it. He's sowing the seed. We're likened unto a farmer, and it's our job to sow the seed. We're to sow some things. Now, in the context of this passage of Scripture, it's very clear, Christian, that we are, uh, I don't think anything's going to grow before the end of church, okay? We're, we're, we're okay, but he's, he's sowing the seed, working. He's, he's putting it out, and, uh, you know, we are called of God. We see in our text, first of all, that we're called to sow plentifully, called to sow plentifully. So as he's sowing the seed, sow plentifully, sow plentifully, that is give, sow bountifully, the word that's in our text, sow bountifully. He would 
sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. In this passage of Scripture, we know that Paul is dealing with sowing and reaping, that principle of going in and sowing, and one day the harvest is going to come and we'll get to reap. Now, in the text of the Scripture, it's very clearly talking about what? In the context of the Scripture, we read the whole chapter. What is, it, what is he talking about sowing in context? Asking you to engage your brain. No, in the context of the scripture. No. All right, let's look in the, in the context of the scripture here. Uh, he's talking in context. He's talking uh, about giving. He's talking about money. He says it's very clear. He says, uh, "And ye have sent." Verse number three. And ye have sent lest or boasting uh, behalf that as I said ye may be ready lest happily if the Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared we we say not ye necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty whereof ye noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty, not as of covetousness, okay, that idea of covetousness, but this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly, he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loveth a cheerful, what? Giver, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things might abound to every good work. So in context of the text here, he's specifically dealing with one aspect, and that is giving financially to meet the needs of these saints. There was a need in Jerusalem, and he was saying, hey, I'm going to come. I'm sending some guys. They're going to gather up the offering that you guys have committed to a year ago. You've committed a year ago. Is the mic not working? It's working all right. It's, it's in and out. You can bring me one and we'll try it, I guess. I've got a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> so we see here he's, it's dealing with specifically giving, but I want to apply it to something much broader than that. I want to apply it. I got to get all unwired here. I try and, you see, I, I pay attention to you guys. We had a guest one Sunday that worked for a news broadcast. All right, so the first, this is, is this is not even on? Testing one, two, three. All right, you need to turn it up. So anyways, after church, she told me, she says, so I had my microphone like out like this, right? And she said, the whole service, your microphone drove me nuts. She worked for a news broadcast, and she says, I want to come up and just get that, like, organized for you. I wanted to fix it, like, route the wire and, and get it out of the way. And, and uh, I said, well, that's easy to do. I said, I'll fix it. So from that service till now, I'm very careful about, I hide the mic. I don't want something as simple as a microphone to distract from the Word of God. And uh, so I try and hide the mic, but now I'm just going to have to sling it and make it work because we're doing it in the middle of church. So, um, all right. Bob can't see it, so we're good. All right. 
So, got distracted. What I'm saying is I want to apply this much broader than just giving. I want to apply it to our Christian lives and talk about showing, but would you look in your text there, and I, if you have a pen and you're willing to uh, mark in, your, in the Word of God here, I want you to see a couple of things. There's three ways in which he told us we're to give, and three ways that he told us not to give. Okay, I, mean, I lost my place here. So look here in verse number 5, 6, and 7, those three ways are given to us, and you can circle them. Uh, the three ways in which we're told not to give, um, he says, do not give sparingly, sparingly. Do not give, the second one here, he says, uh, covetous, that's the first one, sorry, covetous is the first one in verse number 5, right at the end of verse number 5, he says, not as of covetousness. And then in verse number 6, he says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, so we're not to give sparingly. And then in verse number 7, he says, uh, As every man purposes in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly. So there's three ways that we're not supposed to be giving. And then he gives us three ways that we are supposed to give. And he says here in verse number 5 again, he says towards the end, that the same might be ready, might be ready, we need to be ready to give. At any opportunity, at any call, at any place where God might be able to use it, we should be ready to give. And then we're to give, we of course know, bountifully. In verse number 6, give bountifully. And in verse number 7, we're to give cheerfully. Now, this is dealing with this aspect, but you and I, we make a choice of how we're going to give. We could decide if we're going to give frugally or freely. We're going to decide if we're going to be cheap or we're going to be charitable. We decide uh, how we want to give. And so we see here we're called to sow plentifully. It is a heartfelt purpose, something inside of us that we want God to do. Look in verse number 7. Verse he says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. So it's something that we need to purpose to do. We decide if we're going to do it. It needs to be something that we commit to that is a vital instrument or a vital part of our life. This year, beloved, I'm going to be asking the church to sow bountifully. I'm going to be asking you to sow bountifully, to give of your time, treasure, and talent, your abilities that God has given you. I'm going to ask you to sow bountifully for God that He could do great things in our midst. Beloved, what kind of fruit could we have here at Hunt Valley Baptist Church if God's people would sow the Word of God into their heart? Last Sunday morning, uh, at the close of the last Sunday school of the year, we uh, looked at the idea of committing God's word to our heart. Hide God's word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What if everybody in here, I've had some people tell me already they've memorized a verse or two or three verses this, even this week from last Sunday till this Sunday. Committing God's word to their heart. But what if all of us said, you know what, this year I'm going to sow the word of God into my heart. I'm going to settle it down. I'm going to memorize some scripture. And You know, maybe you don't have to say, well, I'm going to memorize a hundred verses. You don't have to do that. Say, I'm going to memorize one. I'm going to memorize two. I'm going to memorize ten. I'm going to just set a goal and say, I'm going to sow God's word into my heart. You could start with this verse. I committed this verse to memory this week. They that sow bountifully shall reap also bountifully. We, we are to sow bountifully. 
This is a verse we can commit to memory that we can have. But this I say then, we want to sow bountifully. Begin by sowing the word of God in our heart. Listen, God's word will not return void. God's word is going to accomplish the purpose whereunto it was sent. That passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter uh, 55, is it? Where he's talking about my ways are not your ways, but, but uh, my thoughts are not your thoughts. That God's ways are much higher than our ways as God chose to, uh, God was talking about people that had gone out in life and had pursued everything in this life to find satisfaction and it was not there. But the word of God gives satisfaction. He says in verse number 11, he says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. And what if God's people this year decided, I'm going to sow bountifully the word of God? If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. What if everybody here purpose in their heart, they're going to sow the seed of word of God, going to sow the gospel out in this world more than they've ever done before? But if everybody here purposed in their heart that they were going to be a witness, that they were going to tell people about Jesus Christ, they're going to carry the tracks from the holes of the church out into the highways and the byways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. What if everybody here said, I'm going to go and I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to present the truth of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to the guy at the gas station or to the greeter at the uh, Walmart or to the teller at the bank or to the grocer at the the grocery store. I'm going to present the gospel to my neighbor that walks around my block every single week. I see her past my house every single day and I'm going to give her the gospel. I'm going to give the gospel to my mom and dad or to my children that need to hear the truth. What if everyone here said, I'm going to sow bountifully this year. Sow the gospel of Jesus Christ. Spread the word of God. Sow bountifully, beloved. If we're not seeing souls saved, it's because we're not sowing. It's because we're not sowing. Listen, this is an important message. I'm excited about this message this morning. I think it could change the direction of this church. This message right here could change the complete direction of this church. This service, one year from now, we could look back and see God having done magnificent things in our midst if some of God's people would determine in their heart to begin to sow bountifully. So bountifully the word of God in their heart. So bountifully the gospel of God in our community. Beloved, what if you said, hey, I want to come and be involved in work party. I want to come and serve and be a part of, of sowing some labor in the house of God. Listen, it's, it's one Friday, three hours out of a month. And I'm not saying you got to be there every month. I know sometimes you're sick. Sometimes you, you're, you're out of town. Sometimes you're doing something else. But there's people that have been members of Hunt Valley Baptist Church and you haven't been to a work party ever. Not one time in 10 years have you come to a work party. Is this your church? Is this God's house? Is it special? Is it precious? Is it worth keeping nice? We're not asking you to come to work party and program the servers. I mean, we're, we're asking you to run a vacuum, you know, to dust something, to change some light bulbs, to clean up some mulch beds or blow off some leaves. Hallelujah, we don't have to clean the gutters out anymore. <laughs> we, we get to, we, we, uh, brother, uh, 
Matt ordered, we, you know, the Christmas offering came in. I think we're at 14,000 last I checked, so just underneath our goal. Anybody wants to finish that up, we're really close. I don't know the exact number, but we're really close. Uh, but, hey, the money's in, so I said, hey, the money's here. Order the, order the gutter guards. Get them on the way. And he's, we met on Tuesday and talked about that. But, you know, you can come and, and say, man, I want to just come and participate and help serve God. It's so in, in labor in some way in God's house. Boy, what if everybody here purposed in their heart that they would sow 10 minutes a day in prayer? Just 10 minutes a day in prayer. If you take 10 minutes a day and pray for souls to be saved, pray for saints to be strengthened, pray for the needs of God's family, pray that the word of God would go forth from the pulpit of Hunt Valley Baptist Church in power, in challenge, and change the lives of God's people. You say, oh, it's just 10 minutes a day. If there's 75 people here, you understand that's more than 12 hours a day committed to prayer. Just 10 minutes a day. I'm just saying, beloved, we're called to sow sparingly. And there's more ways in which we can sow than just with financially than just giving. But we don't want to leave that one out, amen. <laughs> we can sow in giving. What if people here this year said, I'm going to give a little more than I ever have in the past. And listen, we're... I, we're, we're Nothing's happened until anniversary Sunday because between now and then, that's going to be the focus. But I'm just letting you know right now, you're going to be asked after that to participate, to be a part of the future vision of Hunt Valley Baptist Church and to be so generously uh, to see that vision come to fruition. The day's going to come where, where, where we are going to ask that of you. You decide, we all get to decide how we're going to sow. Boy, what if the Sunday school teachers in the church here said, I'm going to sow an extra 15 minutes a week for my class. I'm going to spend 15 minutes a week in, in trying to minister to my class, reaching out to them on the phone or going by to visit somebody once a week or, or sending them a card or just sowing more for the, the young people, the kids that I work with than I ever have before. What if we sowed, uh, John, a few extra minutes on the bus route every week? What if we said, hey, for the next year, we're going to sow an extra, an extra 30 minutes every Saturday in knocking some new doors? I know it's not a whole lot of doors. You can only get another 10 or 15 in. But what if we did that all year? Could we not see an extra 5, 6, 7, 10 riders next year if we said, hey, I'm just going to sow a little bit more than I have in the past? I'm going to sow bountifully. What if we said this year, I'm going to sow a little bit of time each week into the members of Hunt Valley Baptist Church. I'm going to spend some time and, and write a card. I'm going to make a phone call. I'm going to try and minister and be a help to somebody else in this congregation. What I'm saying, beloved, is we're called to sow bountifully. But the exciting thing about this text we see is that we are compensated for sowing proportionately. He says, they which sow sparingly shall reap also sparingly. They which sow bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Beloved, there's a direct correlation between how much we sow and how much we reap. Now that makes perfect sense for us when we're planting tomatoes. I mean, if I want one, two, three, if I want a couple of tomatoes, I plant, I plant one plant i got a few tomatoes. If I want more tomatoes than I know what to do with, where I'm giving them to all my neighbors and I'm giving them to the church and I'm bringing them here, setting them on the Welcome Center, then I plant seven, eight, nine, ten tomato plants. The more I sow, the more I get, right? 
Well, that's the principle that God is saying here in regards to your life. If you sow uh, spiritual things, if you sow bountifully for God, you're going to reap bountifully. You can look at it in whatever aspect of life you're talking about. If you're spending extra time reading the Word of God, you're going to gain more blessings of God and more benefit from God. If you spend extra time in prayer, you're going to see more answers to prayer. If you spend extra time in witnessing, you're going to see more souls saved. If you spend extra time inviting people to church, oh, I know not everybody you invite is going to come, but if you only invite one and he doesn't come and you stop there, that's what you've reaped. But if you invite a hundred, somebody's going to come. You're going to sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. Sow, 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 that's what we're talking about this year. The more we sow, the more we harvest. If we sow bountifully, we reap bountifully. Now he gives us several things in this text that are the blessings or the benefits of sowing. We sow bountifully. First of all, we know that the word of God teaches that our needs are met. The Bible is clear. He says, give and it shall be given unto you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Give and it shall be given unto you. You sow bountifully. How's your pot doing? His, his sowing's all gone. Give and it shall be given unto you. You know what? That verse says, for with the same measure that ye meet wherewithal, it shall be measured to you again. He sowed all that he had. So we're going to measure out. We're going to give to him again what he sowed. That's the Bible principle. That's what he says. Sow. And it shall be given unto you. If you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. It's going to be given unto you again. Sow a little more there. He's sowing. You guys are wondering who's going to clean this up. <laughs> Can I tell you a secret? These guys came up here to practice their song this morning before church. And they saw this, this seed under here. And Timothy told the guys, I hope dad doesn't spread that stuff in the auditorium because I know we're cleaning it up. <laughs> and now I can tell him I didn't do it. You did it. <laughs> we see in our text here several things. You know, it doesn't make sense to us would you turn your Bibles to Proverbs 11, 11? Proverbs 11, I want you to see something. Okay, wait just a second on that. Proverbs 11, I want you to see what he says here. It doesn't make sense to us that if we sow, we're going to gain. But in Proverbs 11, in verse number 24, he says, There is, are you, are you there? Say amen. All right, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat and tendeth to poverty. You see, that's the biblical principle, brother. He says, hey, there is that scattereth. There is that taketh what they have, all of their skill and talent and effort, and they, they've sown it for God. They've spread it out. They've given to others. They've, they, they've just continued to sow everywhere. And the Bible says, there is that soweth, there is that scattereth, yet increaseth. That doesn't make sense. He's scattering, and yet somehow he's increasing. 
But then he says, and there are those that withholdeth more than is meat, that is more than is necessary, more than they need, and it tendeth to poverty. Today, that kind of person is called a hoarder. Somebody that's going to get all they can and can all they get. They have the mindset, they're just, they can't let anything go. They've got to hold on to it because, boy, they can't, they can't part with anything. They, they, they just got to get all they can and, and they're miserable. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. You see, the principle there is he is sowing, he's scattering, and the more he scatters, he that watereth, he shall be watered. With the same measure that you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Are you getting the principle? The call this week is to sow bountifully. You can have a seat for a second. I want you to see several other principles. Now turn back to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. I want you to see ways in which we benefit, ways in which we reap that are described for us here in this text, which is necessary for us as a church as we look at this year. First of all, we see that our righteousness is promoted. Verse number 10. He says, Now he that ministereth, ministereth, ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiplieth your seed sown, and increaseth the fruits of your righteousness. He increaseth the fruits of your righteousness. What he's saying is, beloved, as you go out and you sow the fruits that you gain of your righteousness, the righteousness that we do, the good things that we do, the labor that we do here at Work Party, the time spent in Sunday school or uh, collating scripture for John and Romans, the time that's invested in uh, knocking doors or passing out tracts or hanging John and Romans on doors out there in the community, the time that is spent reading the word of God, the time that is spent in praying, all of this sowing that we're doing, he says, hey, your righteousness is going to be increased. The fruit from that righteousness work is going to be multiplied. Amen? That ought to excite you and I. It's not, you know, I love that song. It's not in vain. It's not in vain. Our labor, our love. It's not in vain, Christian. Everything we do for Jesus Christ is not in vain. There's a purpose. There's a reason for it. And it accomplishes something in our life. Not only is righteousness promoted, but I want you to see thanksgiving is provoked. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse number 11, he says, Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. It causes us to be thankful. When we see God multiplying and blessing and giving and, and, and you scatter and God gives to you again and you look at it and say, well, I'm not sure how that happened because I already scattered everything that I had and yet my bowl is still full. How in the world does that happen? You look at it and you say, the only way that happens is because there's a God in heaven. The only way that happens is because God is good all the time. Thanksgiving is provoked. I want you to see that the need of many is provided. Verse number 12. He says in verse 12, For the administration of this service, that is the uh, administration is the performing of, and this service is the giving in which they gave to meet the need of the saints in Jerusalem. So he says the performing of your giving, he says here, that it not only supplieth the want of the saints, 
but is abundant also by many. By many. You see, they were providing the needs of those saints in Jerusalem. And he said, hey, not only is this going to provide and meet the needs of these saints there in Jerusalem, but there are many, many people that are going to be blessed because of it. We have no idea how far-reaching your ministry, your service, your work as you sow for God, what it's going to accomplish. You know, oftentimes, people that come here to Hunt Valley Baptist Church for the first time, one of the things they comment on is they say, boy, we love how clean the church is. We love how everything is spotless and, you know, it's just, we feel like, it just feels clean and nice. You see, somebody came in during the week and gave of their time to make that that way. They were doing it for the Lord. They were doing it because it needed to be done. But what they didn't realize is that guest that came through the door, how much it meant to them. You don't know how far reaching it's going to go when you sow. You know, some weeks ago when, when Andrew was out in a community and he was hanging some John and Romans on some doors and he put a, a John and Roman uh, on uh, Connor's door. Then Connor came to church, and God has been working in Connor's life. But here's, here's the principle. Many people are blessed. Put that John and Romans, we sewed it on his door, but today Lauren is in God's house. We didn't put a John and Romans on her door. Why is she here? Because that's the multiplication of the effort, of the fruit when we do what God calls us to do, you say, boy, I don't think it's really making that much difference. But we don't know how far reaching that effort's going to go. We don't know how it's going to be multiplied. How many people are ultimately going to be blessed because we did the task which God called us to do, which may, in our minds, be small. But in God's mind, is multiplied to many, many people. We see... In verse number 13, that because they gave, the gospel was preached. And he says, well, by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjugation unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. Their liberal distribution. They gave heartily and the gospel went forward to many, many people. It takes giving for the ministry to go forward. It takes giving for John and Romans to be purchased and for tracks to be purchased and to keep the lights and the heats and all that on. We, un we understand that. We may look at it as one small gift, but God multiplies it in so many ways. Can I get to the heart of the message? It's only 11.30, but this is the real, this is what I really want you to grab this morning. Is we need a corrected perspective regarding our, regarding our sowing. We need a corrected perspective. You see, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. You see... The person that comes into God's house that's irritated, that's frustrated, that's bothered about the man of God talking about giving, 
the person that is a hoarder, you say, man, pastor, that is not nice. Here's the thing. We need to correct our perspective. It's because that kind of person, they see God as a taker. The person that's bothered by a request for time at work party or that's bothered by a request for time soul winning or outreach or ministering to others or being a part of choir, the person that's bothered by that is the person that views God as a hoarder. I'm sorry, views God as a taker. They are a hoarder. They view God as a taker. They view God as a taker. They, they look at it this way. They come into God's house and you've heard them. They say, they say, man, all they do is ask of me over there. All they do, they want my time. They want my money. They want all the stuff that, 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 that I've worked hard to attain and to get in my life. They want all of this and, and they just keep asking for more and more of it. All the church wants is wants and wants and wants and wants. You've heard it. The problem is, is they have an incorrect perspective. They view God as a taker, friend. Let's be honest. That's how it's perceived. They may end up giving, but they're not happy about it. They're a little bit frustrated and a little bit irritated, and they almost say, well, he kind of put me on the spot. Listen, friend, I am not at all interested in guilt-tripping you into doing for God. I'm really not. That's not my goal or agenda. I want you to have a correct perspective I want God to change our heart in, in one way. Many view God as a taker from every uh, respect. They think of him as somebody that is always asking for something else. Boy, God always wants, I do this and that's not enough. And I do that and that's not enough. And, and oh, I want the, he wants this. Or now the church needs this. Or now the church needs that. And well, I already gave toys to the nursery. I don't know why they need a vacuum now. I mean, goodness gracious, uh, it's, oh, the church always needs this or that. It, the problem is, is your view is that God or the church in turn is a taker. What we need, beloved, is we need a corrected perspective and realize that God is a giver. God is a giver. This is the heart of the message this morning that I hope, if you don't hear anything else, that it'll sink down into your soul, that you'll understand that God is a giver. God always gives first. We love Him because He first loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God gives first. Look at verse number 10 in our text. He says in verse number 10, Now he that ministereth seed to the sower... Okay, let's bring this back to real life here. Look back up here. Tim, stand back up. Um, he that ministereth seed to the sower. Where did he get his seed from? From me. 
You understand, God is the one that gives us everything that we have to start with. God is the giver of life. God is what gives me strength to get out of bed this morning. God is the one that blessed me with the ability to work and to earn, to be able to get a paycheck that I would have some money in the bank. God is the one that enabled me to invest wisely, that my investments would produce some income and I would have a little bit of surplus. God is the one that gave me up front. He gave me life and he gave me the skill and ability that I have. Whatever it is, however limited it is or however great it is, whatever level of skill you have, whatever ability you have, God gave it all to you. God gave you every hour that you have of every day. It all came from God. Do you understand you could get a call this week and you could be told you got a month and a half to live? God is the one that gives you your health. He's the one that gave you your life. He gives you the air to breathe. He gives you strength to labor. He gives you the benefit of profit. You can be seated. God is the one that it all came from. He is the giver. And we've got an incorrect perspective when we look at God and we say, boy, oh, you know what? Uh, he is just asking a little bit more of me. Who, where did it all come from to start with? When we have a correct perspective, beloved, it doesn't bother us at all that the creator of the universe, the savior of our soul, the sustainer of our life, the strengthening of our hand, the enabler of our ability, ask something of us. There is nothing there that is too, too great of an ask when we're talking about that. Listen, beloved, you know I'm, I'm privileged to be married to the lady that I'm married to. I thank God all the time for the relationship that we have. And the relationship we have is not because I'm such a great husband. It's because she's an amazing lady and, and, and loves God. And, and I, I often look at it and say, boy, I, I don't deserve such a wonderful wife. But here's the thing. She does for me and does for me and does for me. I mean, I'll be sitting in the living room and she'll say, would you like anything to drink? Would you, would you like something? Can I get something for you? Sometimes I feel guilty asking because she's already done so much for me. And then when she says to me, hey, would, would you mind taking this to the church since you're already going there? And I say, what? How could you ask that of me? You want me to take this, get it out of the living room and take this to the church? How dare you ask that of me? No. I mean, that's such a simple little thing. I mean, what, what is that after all that she's done for me? Miraculously, I wear clothes and they get all dirty and somehow they get put back, hanging up, ironed and ready to use again. It's magic. <laughs> I go and I find a shirt that I'm looking for. It's ironed and ready to wear. And then when she asks something of me, oh, it's such a small thing. 
Beloved, what I'm trying to get us to understand is have a correct perspective that God, whom it all came from in the first place, if he calls upon us or he asks of us to sow bountifully, understand what we're sowing came from him anyway, and the amazing, just, just it, it boggles the mind when you think about the fact that he says, hey, if you'll take what I've given you and you'll sow it, I've got some more to give you to replace what you sowed. And you know what? You're going to sow more than you. You're going to reap more than you sowed, and I'm going to replenish that. It all came for me to start with, so God gave it to us up front, and as soon as we use it, God gives it to us again. What a miracle. What an amazing thing. We need to sow bountifully, Christian. Sow bountifully because God gave it to us in the first place. Boy, if we could just view God as the giver that he is. We could get a real grasp, a hold of how it all came from him. It would not bother us at all when he asked of us some of our time, some of our talent, some of our skill, some of our ability. Beloved, it wouldn't be a dream when God asks of us, it would be a delight. Oh, how glad we are to do for him who has done so much for us. It's not a burden to serve him. It's a blessing to serve him. Beloved, it is not an obligation. It is an opportunity. And we look forward to it with joy to serve the one who's done so much for us. He is the great giver. Everything that I have ever had or ever will have came from him in the first place. For we know every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above. As I bring this to a close, Darcy, why don't you come and get ready? Don't, don't, don't disengage yet. I'm not quite done. I want you to understand, beloved, we're called to sow bountifully. We sow a little bit this year. That's the kind of return we're going to get. You sow a little bit. You guys know I've uh, invested uh, some money in the stock market. There's been several times where the investment that I had went up two and three hundred percent. You know how much I wish I would have took everything that I could find from anywhere and stick into that investment? You know, in hindsight, you look at it and you say, boy, uh, wish I could, I would have been borrowing from mom and dad and everybody else and putting it all in there. I mean, you don't know what it's going to do, but you look at it and say, man, I wish I would have taken and put as much as I could in there because, boy, it went up 300%. This time next year, I pray none of us have regret for what we missed out on because we didn't sow bountifully. We're called to sow bountifully. We're compensated proportionally. How much we sow is how much we're going to reap. But it all begins by having a correct perspective. 
When you and I so bountifully, beloved, I want you to understand it sends a message. You see, friend, I believe that God, I think, are, are you listening? I think that it offends God who has given us so much to be viewed as a taker. Some people come to church and they say, man, it offends me that you've asked or said that we should be giving. I think it offends God that we would view him who has given us so much as a taker. When you and I give cheerfully, bountifully, it shouts from the housetop that we serve an inexhaustible giver. It sends that message to the world. You guys know who Isaac Watts is. Isaac Watts was frustrated with the songs that they were singing in church. They were kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe boring. He was a young man. He went to his dad, who was a pastor, and he said, Dad, I don't like the songs we're singing in church. We need something better. And his dad said, well, son, if you can write something better, then do it. And if you can't, then stop complaining. So Isaac Watts went into his room, and he penned these words. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my riches gain I count but loss, and pour contempt on all my pride. Verse number four says, Were the whole realm of nature mine, everything in this world, if it was all mine, that were a present far too small for love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. You see, beloved, God just doesn't want your wallet. He wants your whole person. He wants your heart. And when God has your heart, whatever else he asks of is no problem at all. 